Welcome to Ancient Answers, where we talk about modern and contemporary issues, but we reflect on the wisdom of the ancients. Mm -hmm. I am Gordon. And I'm Shane. And we're going to talk today about a topic that's dear to your heart, actually <laughs> yeah. to mine as well. Okay, yeah. And that is? We're talk we're, today we're going to talk about music. Ancient music. Yeah. I'm Frankly, I'm a little bit astonished I haven't wanted to discuss this topic before, seeing as how music is such a, a large part of my life. I'm Now... I'm just going to say I'm no expert on music. It's kind of like my love of history. I'm no expert, but I'm very enthusiastic. Yeah, we are. I mean, we do these podcasts because we love about history and about ideas and thoughts and stuff, mm -hmm. but we don't profess to be professors at no. it. No. <laughs> so, so it's very much the same for me with music. You know, I've, I've played trumpet for 15 years, and I play a little bit of guitar, and I dabble with the piano, and it's, I, you know, I enjoy listening. And, so this is something that and I'm... I, I, I played for years the saxophone. Oh, and, that's right. And yeah, the drums, I forgot about so, that. Yeah. yeah, so music has been a big part of both of our lives. And um, I, I was very excited to research this. And I found out, I found some pretty cool stuff. Um, so I think I'm going to kick us off by going way, way back to the beginning. So this is, this is pre-history. This is pre-written word. This is pre-agriculture. Okay. Um, there is proof, like definitive evidence that suggests that um, human beings have been playing music in some form or another as long as we have been human beings. So there was, there have been examples of flutes found. Uh, the, mm -hmm. most, the most famous one is the Holly Fells flute, which was found in a cave in Germany. It dates back to about 40,000 years. 40? 40,000 years. What would it have been made out of? Uh, it, this, is, this was cool, actually. It was made out of a vulture bone. A vulture's wing bone, because uh, bird bones are hollow. You know, it's an, it's a weight saving. Oh, technique. and then they carve the holes. And then in. they carve the holes along the length of it, so it's a naturally curved flute because it is made from a, a vulture's wing bone. And then they 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 carved a mouthpiece at the top, and then they they drilled holes through it um, oh, using Lord. Stone Age tools in order to make a flute. What's really impressive is that it's thirty four centimeters long, but it's only eight millimeters wide. Wow. So a yard long for those that use the imperial system, mm -hmm. yes. and just an, not just, even yeah, just very very narrow. I mean, again, it's they're bird bones, right? They're they're thin, they're small, they're hollow. So, uh, but so that was found about 40,000 40, years ago, um, and it's it's definitive. This these holes were drilled deliberately using Stone Age tools. Uh, it is the first confirmed musical instrument ever made by man. So if this was something that took place in the Stone Age, would you say this is the origins of rock music? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Lord. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Sorry for those who are listening. All right, we're going to take a break now as I try and recover from my stroke that Gord just gave me. <laughs> yeah, this is quite interesting. Oh, man. Uh, one thing a lot... Sorry for the pun. <laughs> God, that was so bad. <laughs> um, uh, one thing that was really cool, though, is along with that vulture bone flute, they actually found other instruments from around the same time, about 35, 40,000 years ago, made from mammoth ivory. That would be quite outstanding. Well, and what's, what's really interesting about that is that the vulture bone flute, as I mentioned, is, is a hollow cylinder. So all you really have to do is drill the finger holes uh, and, then, and then make yourself yeah. some, some mouthpiece. Mammoth ivory is definitively not hollow. And what they found out through further examination was that their Stone Age people actually split the ivory in half along its natural grains, hollowed out the center, and then they were able to put it back together to form an airtight seal, then drill the holes and make a mouthpiece. 
Oh, amazing. And, do, and they then, again, they did this using Stone Age tools. Well, one of my actual types of music I like, it's a bit eclectic, is Aboriginal, Australian Aboriginal music. Oh, okay. And I've got a number of, uh, oh, goes back to old LPs as well, mm-hmm. uh, different music that may sometimes even have some Western instrumentation added to it. But they have the tick, 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 okay. and, and rhythms. And, of course, they have the uh, didgeridoo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Car Stone. They go back 30,000 oh, plus years. Yeah. And they, they seem to have, we found fossilized records of them. Uh, not record, but, you know, evidence of them. Uh, we think about that. So yeah. I wonder if it's kind of similar. Didgeridoo and, a, you know, a tusk that's been carved out. It, yeah. It kind of fulfills the same sound. Yeah, it's, it's, it's in the same vein, I would say. Device. Yeah. Well, and, and wow. what, I, what I found really interesting is while doing this research on the very, very, very early forms of music, so we're, it's, it's literally, literally to the point where it's suggested that as long as human beings have been human beings, we've been playing some form of music. But what I found really interesting is that there's theories that the development of music is what helped mankind, like modern, like Homo sapiens, develop as a culture. And that it was music that may have been one of the factors that helped create social bonding and community cohesion. Because there is no evidence to suggest that Neanderthals ever played music. That's there. true. I wonder if it also assisted in the development of speech. That wouldn't surprise... Actually, I never thought of that. I haven't read anything about that. But it makes sense when you... When because you would of, sing. Yeah, exactly. Right? Chant, Cause, make cause noises. You can, yeah, you can just start doing vocalizations and you're like, oh, 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 like just stuff like that. But it's not hard to imagine the development of language and, and some form of, of words coming from that. Um, but the, the article that I read from the National Geographic magazine, I think. Yeah. So uh, uh, earliest musical instrument here. So they actually thought that they had found some that were far older, but then they realized that the holes were made just from, from bite marks of scavenging hyenas. So uh, that, okay. was, that was a bust. Uh, but they mentioned in the article, what I found really interesting was, again, that there's no evidence. We have not found any evidence that Neanderthals have ever played music. Now... That's not to suggest that they that they didn't play music because again it's you know you can do hand clapping foot stomping I mean think of the beginning of We Will Rock You by Queen where it's boom boom clap right right you know, yeah that very simple thing um, or they may have made instruments out of items that have decomposed like wood or hides you know you stretch a, a hide over a wood frame and you yeah have drums drum, have right? been around for a while exactly right yep. so. So it is very, very possible that Neanderthals did play music, but we don't have any evidence to support that. Um, now, that's where the whole idea of the societal bonding comes from, because we know definitively that Homo sapiens did play music. We don't know if the Neanderthals did. So there is some, there is some scholarly debate as to whether or not the development of music may have helped with social bonding, may have helped forge communities, and if that may have been one of the factors that helped Homo sapiens kind of rise up above the the level of the neanderthal so that would be make sense that early civilizations this would just would just roll into them roll into the flow of their societies yeah exactly it's and the nice thing about music as well is that it it transcend it can very well transcend language barriers so you know maybe this is a point in human history where there was no language but even if we look at it from a modern perspective i can listen to an italian opera let's say I don't speak Italian. I, I could I could listen to a German opera, or I could listen to African tribal music, or, or or anything. I don't need to understand the words that are being spoken. I don't need to understand what the song is about, or what is being sung or said. 
to have an emotional attachment to that, to be moved by it. So it's okay about Italian opera. I speak Italian, and I have a difficult time <laughs> making out what they're saying. Okay, well that's good. Um, so this this idea, I I really really uh, enjoy this idea of the social bonding aspect. Of yeah. Music. So that would have, like I say, rolled into early, you know, Mesopotamia, Egypt, mm-hmm. uh, early dynastic China. Yeah. Uh, probably even uh, the neo, you know, the Stone Age folks that occupied Europe and the Americas, mm-hmm. uh, because you're right. I mean, this was a topic you kind of pioneered, you know, t- did the research. When I think about, yeah, right, how many times I've come across references to finding instruments. Yeah. I do know that I was able to send you a little video link recently mm. that uh, was a person on YouTube that had reconstructed an instrument, and they believe one of the first music notations. Yeah, actually, I... A um, song. Yeah, after after you sent me that, I listened to that video. Uh, and, well, yeah, I, I listened to the music, and then I did some more research on that. And that was... Um, it's known as uh, Hurian Hymn Number no. 6. And this is the oldest piece of music that we have that has been reconstructed. Now, there is the oldest song or the oldest melody that we know of that exists is called the Lipit Ishtar. Uh, it was discovered in Sumer, modern-day Iraq, and it dates back to approximately uh, 1950 oh, BCE. Man. So, do you so, think the copyright is expired by now? Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so 2,000 years before the birth of Christ. Now, that is the first known piece of music, but it's it's incomplete. And like we written. Have, yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Wow, um, wow, wow. Unfortunately, we can't, we, it's it's too far gone for us to be able to reconstruct. There's not enough left there to be able to, to figure it out. Um, but the oldest melody that we have been able to reconstruct is the video that you sent me, the uh, the Hurian Hymn Number no. 6. Uh, so that was discovered in the Royal Palace of Ugarit in modern-day Syria, and that dates back to 1400 BC. So that's, so it's 500 years that. newer, but 1400 and they had um, an own music notation system. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. They it was discovered along with about thirty other tablets, but the other ones were all too destroyed. So this was the only piece they were able to reconstruct. And but the problem is, you mentioned the musical notation. Um, that was the trouble is that it took them a long time to figure out that what they were looking at might be musical notation. And it, it makes sense because if anyone, any of our listeners, are familiar with musical notation. We know it enough to even if you're you don't know how to read music, you can at least look at a piece of sheet music and go, "That's a piece of sheet music." That's right. You know, recognize it. You know what it is. But imagine being a couple thousand years removed from us and, and our civilization and digging up this piece of paper. You mean the zombie apocalypse happens exactly in the yes. year three thousand or the nuclear winter? Who knows? <laughs> and then and someone digs up our notation. They're gonna go. What's this language? Yeah, what is it? It's it's so unlike anything else that we ah, have written in modern insight. civilization. So it was it's the same problem when they were trying to translate this. So they actually figured out that the Hurian hymn, um, if you look at modern musical notation, it gives you the the information it gives you is based on pitch, intonation, and duration. So it tells you yeah. the pitch of the note and how long you're supposed to hold it. So you can translate that to any instrument you want. Now the Hurian hymn. The notation it actually just denotes the position that your hand should be in when you're playing it on the lyre. Oh, and then you have to infer from beyond that. Yeah, it's sort of oh, a, okay. to me it struck me as ancient guitar tablature because uh, guitar tabs are sit, essentially a shorthand for guitar for people who don't know how to read music, and all it tells you is play this fret number on this string, but it doesn't tell you how long to hold the notes or anything. So if you're not familiar with the song, 
you can't you have to use your ear to follow along and this they, is the same don't they have game. a video game where you play the guitar there is that yeah they didn't have video games in ancient Ugar, okay. though. at least they we haven't found any we haven't yet. found that'll that. be a whole other topic we'll have to discuss <laughs> if that <laughs> happened then we know aliens were there yes exactly <laughs> Um, but this idea that they, they were able to reconstruct it to a point. Um, That's now, remarkable. There's different interpretations of it because, of course, there's no real way to say definitively what is correct. These are all educated guesses. So there are a few different variations. Um, the first attempt was by Ann Kilmer in 1974, and there have been several attempts since then. Uh, the one that you sent me is, is considered the um, uh, sort of the most... The, the best the best version and it's it's based on uh, the the language of the the area the ancient language of the area the instrumentation of the area where it was found so they they're guessing that it's pretty accurate but again there's no way to tell for yeah. sure so wow. if, if wow, you wow. if you YouTube uh, Hiri and him number six on YouTube you'll find a lot of videos with a lot of different interpretations I actually found one guy who did a uh, like a rock and roll guitar version on a on a Telecaster. <laughs> <laughs> That was uh, that was pretty cool, but it's it's pretty neat now. Uh, if we go move forward a little bit in history, we also uh, we've got a piece of music. Um, so here in hymn number six is the world's oldest melody. So that's that's just a melody. It's just a very short uh, piece of music, a fragment. But there was a piece of music from the first century seat uh, of the current era, and it is the oldest complete composition that we have. Oh, okay. So it's, it's from 1900 years ago, and it is a full piece of music, and it's the, the oldest full piece of music that we've ever discovered. Okay, and where was the origin? So that one was, it was on a tombstone in Turkey, I believe. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it's called the, the Seculos Epitaph, and it was a song engraved on a marble column used to mark a woman's grave in Turkey. And the, the inscription on it says, I am a tombstone, an image. Seculos placed me here as an everlasting sign of deathless remembrance. Wow, like that's that's pretty deep and meaningful, and this exists to the point where it has musical notation. On this inscription, has the full musical notation, but it also has the lyrics as well. We know what they were singing about. The translation is: "While you live, or while you live, shine. Have no grief at all. Life exists only for a short while, and time demands its toll." That's one of the lines that was from nineteen hundred years ago. From nineteen hundred years ago. Yeah, it was is an epitaph written for a, a a woman who passed away. Sounds like a song done by Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just amazing to me that you can you can also find recreations of that on uh, on YouTube. That's as fascinating. Well, I, I was not aware of that at all. But yeah, like that, that's that. There's a the, the, and that's the oldest complete. Sort that's of, the oldest complete piece of music that we have. Something. Yeah. Yeah, so we've got we have fragments from here and there. Uh, I, I like I said, I already went over the Hiri and him in pretty great detail. But that is the oldest complete piece of music that we have been able to find from two thousand, roughly two thousand years ago. Like I know on my own personal habits, I like to throw on uh, when I'm working on something. I don't like to have music that has lyrics to it. Mm. I, I tend to have instrumental music playing. When I play music, I even have Gregorian chants playing sometimes. I, I, got, I have and jazz Russian, playing all the time. And you play jazz. <laughs> I love, I, that's something. Actually, blues. Oh, I love the uh, blues. The blues and oh. stuff like that. We realize we, we live today in an unbelievable variety. I even listen to some West African radio stations that have some oh, cool. really cool pop music. Yeah. Uh, you know, with those amazing African voices. Yeah. It's, it's amazing music. And it, you hear all these different 
uh, uh, you know, the human diversity of music around yeah. the world is staggering. And yet, it all goes back to these original origins, origins where people mm -hmm. were experimenting with materials. Can we make a, a flute? Can we make a drum? Can we make uh, some sort of stringed instrument yeah. that would resonate and, and be able to keep its pitch? Well, and sort of the, the a modern version of that, if you want a very extreme version, is just YouTube, uh, the Blue Man Group, where they're... they're incredible percussionists but m almost all of the instruments that they play are made out of pvc pipes or oh that's they're, right they're all improvised instruments they use yep. like steel drums uh i mean like like oil drums yeah. um and and they and they cover them in paint and it's this big visual spectacle as well it's it's very impressive to watch if you've never seen it i highly recommend you check it out um, but the creativity behind some of it too is astonishing well ancient egypt uh, much of their sort of the music of the of the courts um, was um, uh, bells yep. and what do you call those you would shake them at oh, like a maraca kind of thing yeah little things like that like they had a variety of music but we have no I'm aware that we have no notation of what their songs were sounding like we, yeah. we know the instruments that they used but that's interesting that when you did your research that the that's not until really the first century AD mm -hmm. that we have a complete song in a, such a way that we understand and, how it was played. And again, it really it really hit home to me for the Hurian hymn when I was reading the musical notation that was provided. And then again, like I mentioned before, thinking about our modern musical notation and if you don't understand what that means, you know how how difficult would that be to translate? Right? Like it's it's pretty astonishing. But uh, what I really enjoy is the fact is the knowledge that as long as people have been alive we've been playing music and it's for a lot of the same reasons that we play music today. I mean, a lot of artists will take events of their own life and write songs about it would be that, you know, good things or bad things or tragedies or what. Um, we write epitaphs and memorials for people who have passed away. We write hymns and, and songs of remembrance. Uh, I play trumpet in two community bands and every year the one group does a, a remembrance and celebration ceremony yeah. around Remembrance Day. So I'm very familiar with some of those types of, of music. And this tombstone engraving, the, the Seculos Epitaph, is right up that alley. It's, it's the same reasons that we play music today have been played throughout human history. And we are where, you know, uh, rulers and kings and, and other, you know, high officials would have court entertainment oh, yeah, by those that could come in and play an instrument. And yeah. were, they were esteemed yeah you know they were the entertainment or, or an entertainment f or form of entertainment mm -hmm. during the ancient times and you know the the humans love for music has never never yeah. never left i mean even greek theater in spite of the fact that greek theater is basically one person getting on stage and telling you a story it's a lot of long monologues a lot <laughs> of long monologues then in the breaks there would be musicians that would come out and would play yeah oh, and yeah. they would you know they well, would have even... some bells and they would have some Probably some drums and some flutes and stuff yeah. like that. Well, even the ancient Olympics uh, had musical competitions at, oh, at that's some right. point, right? Like it's it's been an integral part of human history. And actually, to, to sort of end Can we off do on that Greek, today, with I would the Olympics, love that. the Battle of the Bands <laughs> in the Olympics. Uh, they have to be no pros though. Got to be amateurs, just like the actual <laughs> Olympics are. I don't want to see Rihanna and Taylor Swift. I already know what they sound like. <laughs> uh, but to sort of end off with a, a Greek spin, a lot of people in modern time actually, a lot of people in modern times know of Pythagoras as the mathematician. You know, we have all learned the Pythagorean theorem in school and right. a, a squared plus b squared equals c squared for the hypotenuse of a tri of a right angle triangle. Um, 
But what a lot of people don't realize about Pythagoras is that he, he experimented very, very heavily with acoustics, with, uh, with sound waves and with music. And he was the, he, his research actually serves as the foundation for modern Western music. Um, oh, okay. So uh, it, it all had to do with, it's all got to do with, I, I don't know enough about physics to really get into the physics of it, but it's, it's all got to do with sound waves. And he essentially figured out ratios of plucked strings to create harmonies and dissonances and different different modes and, and scales and whatnot. Um, so the, the the biggest one was that he was the one who discovered, quote-unquote, um, the octave. And so he figured out, okay, well, if I play a string, if I have a string that is so long and I pluck it, it plays a note. And if I double the length of that string and I pluck it, it plays the same note. If I cut it in half and I pluck it, it plays the same note. It's a two-to-one ratio. And our modern musical notation works octave. the same way. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. The two do's on the end are one octave apart from each other. Right. He was the first one to figure that out and, ha- and, and denote this ratio. He also figured out a few other ratios the, that create what we call a perfect fourth or a perfect fifth. Again, I'm not going to get into any kind of music theory or physics of it. But these are things that we have been using for in modern Western music for hundreds or thousands so of years. So then they would figure out that if they could take one instrument to play one note, another instrument to play the other note within that scale sequence, yeah. then you start to develop the idea of a chord. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Where oh, it's, they worked on it that way. Yeah, it's, it's all, again, it's all, when you look at chords and scales and harmonies, it's all based on ratios. You know, it's, it's, it's the distance between the notes, and some are pleasing to the ear, some are not pleasing to the ear. Um, and he was the first one to figure that out and to note it down. So he's known as a, as a mathematician, but he is the father of Western music. That's, I mean, that's <laughs> fascinating to think the history of music goes back so far. It is such an integral part of being a human. Yep. I don't know of anybody who doesn't enjoy music at some level. Yeah, maybe like, their taste in music is questionable. Oh, Sorry, I know, uh, I know a lot of people with questionable I'm taste just, in music. I'm just but. teasing. Everybody has their own right <laughs> yeah, to choose. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, it's true. Yeah. Even like even my little grandson, who's not even a year, recently we just my daughter played a little video, mm-hmm. a music video, and he's up there. Yeah, he's not quite walking yet, but he's standing and he beeps to. And waves his hands because he is caught by the music, the rhythm of the music. Yeah. Well, even uh, the uh, the the really crazy thing with Pythagoras and the octave is that uh, the octave, the two to one ratio that is an octave, is so elemental to musical systems that it is the foundation of every musical system that has ever been documented across human civilization. Oh, okay. Every yeah. system of music, and it's. It's so integral because again, it's it's sound waves, it's sound, it's it's and basic somehow physics. It's wired yeah. into our brains, and it's wired into the brains of non-human species as well. They've done experiments where they have found that animals react yeah. to these as well, not just humans. Wow! So it's it's that much a part of who we are. And um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this on a on a quote here that I found from Plato. We do like our quotes in this show, uh, but Plato once said, "I would give the children music, physics, and philosophy." But the most important is music, for in the patterns of the arts are the keys to all learning. Oh, there goes Plato. Oh, love it. You gotta love Love that. Well, that's a great way to wrap up this episode. There's some thought about music. And I thought ancient music was stuff from just the 60s. (laughs) No, I think ancient music is from the 60s, because I wasn't alive yet. (laughs) 
All well, right. thank you for listening to another episode of Ancient Answers as we talked about ancient music yeah. and the origins of ancient music. That was great, Shane. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, I enjoyed listening to that. It was oh, great. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I went on at a great length on that one. That's, that's okay. That's, that's close to my heart, like I said. We're glad our audience is enjoying coming along for the ride with us. Enjoy it. And we will certainly thank you and encourage you to visit our social media contacts and leave your comments behind. And uh, we'd love to get feedback on that one. And with that, we'll wrap up this episode. I'm Gordon. And I'm Shane. And thank you for listening to another episode of Ancient Answers. Mm-hmm.